You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Live here on the Real Presence Radio Network. We just finished up a great interview with Dan Donaldson of the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance talking about the upcoming Heroic Men's Summit, Identity of a Catholic Man. So this one's focusing on identity as we come to a close at the end of the year, looking ahead at the new year. Who do you want to be as a man? This is coming up on December 10th, and you can find out more information about it and sign up at catholicmenleaders.org. That's catholicmenleaders.org, or you can visit heroicmen.com. I also want to give a shout out for the Heroic Men app. You can go to the App Store and download the Heroic Men app, which has lots of great content, including past summits. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really an opportunity. If you're looking for something for your men's group or to grow as a man, I encourage you to check this out. All of this stuff is free, and they're putting it out there to help you become the leader God calls you to be. So check out the Heroic Men app, and then sign up for the summit on December 10th at catholicmenleaders.org or heroicmen.com. All right, well, nobody is immune to this. You've probably heard the ads on the radio, seen them on TV. Maybe you're tired of them. Maybe you're looking forward to it. Wherever you're at, that's okay. The midterm election is coming up tomorrow, and we want to talk about this. So, you know, if you're not into politics, I get it. It can, especially, you know, with all the attack ads and everything like that going on right now, it can get old. But as Catholics, we have a really important responsibility when it comes to heading to the polls. So I just want you to hang on and listen to this next interview for the next half hour, because we're going to talk about some really important things, especially as our responsibility as Catholics in seeing what is at stake when it comes to voting. So we want to welcome in now Michael Pauly, who is the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. Good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? Doing very well. You know, I have to say, I'm looking forward to the ads stopping um, because a lot of them get really, really negative. But as easy it is as it is to turn off the the news, turn off everything, and try to just you know walk around with blinders heading up to the election, it's really important that we know what's at stake. So can you talk Absolutely. a little bit about that as we're preparing for tomorrow? Sure. Well. Um yeah, I, I and I totally relate to what you're saying. That uh, there, there's a lot of aspects about politics that are uh, not edifying. Um, you know, the attack ads. Uh, everybody gets uh, weary of those things. Uh, you know, I'll just say as an aside that uh, our family uh, gave up TV like uh, oh, I want to say 15, 16 years ago. We we just we just pulled the plug, uh, meaning we don't get cable TV or anything like that. And so that, that greatly reduces the, uh, the number of annoying ads that you have Brilliant. to endure. Yeah, but um, the, the fact remains that uh, we have a duty uh, as Catholics, uh, you know, one of the, the core principles of Catholic social teaching um, is to protect the common good. Uh, politics is certainly not the only avenue, you know, that, that affects the common good, but, but obviously it's a really big one. And so 
uh, as Catholics, so uh, we can't afford to ignore that. And, and just to make it crystal clear, um, I don't want to make anyone squirm in their seats here, but uh, the Catechism actually speaks to this issue uh, in paragraph uh, 2240, uh, and I'm quoting, Submission to authority and co-responsibility for the common good make it morally obligatory to pay taxes, to exercise the right to vote, and to defend one's country, close quote. So, uh, you know, there, there's really not a va- lot of ambiguity on this point. Uh, we, we have a duty uh, to get to the polls and vote. Um, we, uh, you know, we, I, I think about that line that uh, it says there in that catechism paragraph that I just quoted about co-responsibility for the common good. This is so crucial to understand. We don't have a king. You know, we're not ruled by a king. We choose our government leaders. And if Christians are not involved in shaping our laws by electing the the people who make those laws, then they're going to be shaped by others, uh, including many who uh, perhaps don't share our worldview uh, and who have radically different notions about what freedom means, about what happiness means, and and what is best for society. So um, I'll I'll get off my soapbox now, but uh, I would just say no no matter how distasteful this election has been to you, um, you, there's there's no uh, valid excuse for staying home from the polls. Uh, We we need to vote. Hmm. You know, Michael, that it's kind of a slap in the face of reality because it's so easy. Honestly, all these messages can really be confusing. And so there can be a degree of anxiety saying, well, you know, I really want to do what's right, but I've got all these messages. I don't know. And certainly the due diligence to, to read about something and, and to uh, educate yourself the best on it would be the, the obvious answer. But give us some practical steps. I mean, to try, to try to break through all the clutter and all. I mean, how should we approach this as Catholics? Sure, sure. Well, um, the first thing I think to understand is that um, all issues are not uh, equally important. Uh, you know, there, there's often this criticism raised um, against uh, Catholics and, and, and some other voters as well that, uh, you know, you're only making your, your decision based on, on, on one or two issues, and, you know, and that's all you care about. And I know speaking for myself, that's not true. It, it, if you ask me to write out a list of every issue I care about in contemporary politics, I, I could probably come up with a list of about 15 things. I'm interested in fiscal policy. I'm interested in taxation, education reform, fixing a lot of things that are broken in our healthcare system, immigration, etc. I mean, there's a whole laundry list of issues I care about. But having, but having said that, are all those issues equally important? And I would say no, they are not all equally important. And more importantly, the Catholic Catholic bishops of the United States have said all these issues are not equally important. So the, the bishops came out with a document called uh, Forming Consciences for Faithful Citizenship. And I want to read just one uh, line from that document. It says, the threat of abortion remains our preeminent priority because it directly attacks life itself, because it takes place within the sanctuary of the family, and because of the number of lives destroyed, uh, close quote. So, and then, of course, they follow that sentence by immediately going on and saying that, yes, obviously there are many other issues that affect the common good that, that we should care about, but, but yeah, life 
life is preeminent because if we don't get that one right, then a lot of this other, uh, a lot of these other issues, you know, in, in a way, are a moot point. You ask, you could ask me, do I care about affordable housing? Absolutely. I think any Catholic who cares about the common good should care about affordable housing. But if you're dead, affordable housing is a moot point. You know, so so it's it's we 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 have to get our priorities straight. That um, if 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 we don't get the life issue right, then there's very little chance that we're going to get these uh, other issues right as well. So so yes. Uh, you know, we, we, we are not single issue uh, in our approach, but we do acknowledge that some issues uh, have a, uh, a, a more moral gravity, uh, I would say, than others. Michael, I've been blown away, and not in a good way, at the platforms that some political candidates are running on. Now, I'm not going to tell people whether to vote Democrat or Republican. It's not what I'm here for. However, when you have people who are coming out and advocating for abortion, directly advocating for abortion because of Roe v. Wade being overturned, that's a big problem. And we really need to have our antennae up to know where these people stand, even if they claim to be Catholic, even if they claim to be Christian. Because when you directly advocate for abortion, we've got a problem. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, sure, and it's, it's um, I mean, at the risk of stating the obvious, it's obviously an issue that is uh, front and center these days um, in, in light of the Dobbs decision that came out on June 24th. Here in South Dakota, uh, we have, um, it's not on the ballot in this election, but just on Saturday, this past uh, Saturday, day before yesterday, uh, they there's this movement began to collect signatures to place an amendment on the ballot in 2024 that would actually create a right to abortion in the South Dakota Constitution. And so um, it, it's, it's going to be an issue uh, everywhere. And, uh, you know, all I can say is, is that, yeah, Catholics need to keep this front and center in their discernment about who to vote for. And unfortunately, you're absolutely right, is that we, we do sadly see occasions where people who are Catholic um, will advocate for uh, legal abortion. And it's, you know, all I can say is the, the Catholic bishops of the United States have made it clear on more occasions than I can count that that is just, uh, you know, it's a contradiction in terms. You know, you, you can't uh, reconcile that political position uh, with the teachings of the Catholic Church, I think, I think that um, this this it it can be said on a broad scale, up from a national, you know, from the uh, uh, senior state and, and uh, senators could be your your uh, you know your Republican, uh, excuse me, your uh, excuse me, senators, Congress, all the way down to the school board. I mean, it, it should be really considered that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think the former House Speaker, uh, Tip O'Neill, once said, all politics is local, and uh, I, I totally agree with that. It's, uh, you know, the school board races are, uh, in, in many senses, just as important as the races higher up the ballot. We need to care about the life issue from the top of the bo- ballot all the way to the bottom. 
We are visiting this morning with Michael Pauly, who is the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference. We're talking about voting in the midterms, things to keep an eye on. We're going to continue this discussion right after the break when Real Presence Live continues. So please stay with us. It's an important conversation you don't want to miss. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. What the Magi Learned Going into the house, the Magi saw the child. Outwardly, their journey was now over. But at this point, a new journey began for them, which changed their whole lives. Deep within themselves, they felt prompted to go in search of the true justice that can only come from God, and they wanted to serve this king, to fall prostrate at his feet, and to play their part in the renewal of the world. This was where their inner journey began. It started at the very moment when they knelt down before this child and recognized him as the promised king. But they still had to assimilate these joyful gestures internally. They had to change their ideas about power, about God and about man, and in so doing, they also had to change themselves. They had to learn to give themselves. No lesser gift would be sufficient for this king. But they had to learn that their lives must be conformed to this divine way of exercising power, to God's own way of being. They must become men of truth, of justice, of goodness, of forgiveness, of mercy. They will have to ask, how can I serve God's presence in the world? They must learn to lose their life and in this way to find it. Having left Jerusalem behind, they must not deviate from the path marked out by the true King as they follow Jesus. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. We are back with Real Presence Live. Thanks so much for being on with us today. We are Brandon Clark. And John Clark. And John Clark. And we are glad to be with you. You know, we're talking with Michael Pauly, who is the executive director of the South Dakota Catholic Conference, about voting in the midterms. And we only had about 20 seconds to answer the last question that John had about the importance of voting, you know, all the way from Congress and Senate down to the local state House and Senate down to school board and the issues that are there. And so I want to revisit that because I want to talk about the importance of the local level and how the core of the the power and the decision making starts at the local level. So Michael, thanks for staying with us over the break. Can you talk about this? Because this is one of those issues, you know, we're, we're always thinking about voting for the House of Representatives. We're always thinking about voting for our, our senators at the national level. But sometimes, you know, our school board, our state officials that are going to represent us, you know, in North Dakota or South Dakota or um, 
Minnesota, you know, just in the state capitals, those are really important races as well. Absolutely. And, and there's at least two reasons, probably, probably others as well, but, but just for the sake of time, I'll focus on two reasons why that's true. The first reason is, is that uh, you often see this pattern in politics where uh, the person who is serving on the school board or city council or county council, uh, that's like the farm team, if you will, where people often go from there to run for the state legislature. And then from the state legislature, you often see those uh, men and women uh, filing to run for, for governor or secretary of state or attorney general. Um, and and those in turn, you know, running for, you know, U.S. Senate or U.S. Congress. And so so you need to care about this if for no other reason, just because um, these, these are the people who will most likely be advancing um, into other realms of politics later on. But even if that's not the case, um, it's still tremendously important because, uh, as, as we've seen, um, let's just take one issue as an example, this whole uh, phenomena of gender ideology that it, our culture is just, um, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to, to say that we're sort of melting down over this issue of, of gender ideology. There's so much wrong-headed thinking in this area. Mm-hmm. And, and the place where you, really the front lines of this battle are these local institutions. You know, it's, it's the member of your local school board who will be deciding uh, whether a biological male uh, gets to enter the restroom um, that your daughter is using, or, uh, or it's that school board member who will be voting on a policy of whether teachers are required to address students by whatever pronoun they ask to be addressed by, rather than the pronoun that corresponds with their, their biological sex. These are things that are being decided by by. Uh, school boards in in towns, you know, that are you know maybe only have uh, you know a few thousand uh, people in them, or or even smaller than that. So uh, there, there, it is really true that in terms of the effect in your day to day life, uh, oftentimes the the people who are controlling your city council or your school board have a much greater impact on your day to day life than um, a U.S. senator in Washington D.C. who's just one out of a hundred votes um, in that in that body. That point is is right on the, right on the money, you know. And I think that when you said it's, it affects our everyday life, I think that something like gender gender identification um, is just a start. If it, it, it's one of those things that if we don't care about it now, it's going to open the door for other things that we would never. 10 years ago thought this is ridiculous how could this even be true and it's just going to try and normalize um you know bizarre social means absolutely you know michael i also want to talk a little bit about the spiritual aspect right because these people who are pushing the gay agenda or the transgender agenda who are pushing abortion rights like there's a level of diabolicalness behind that and we have to recognize that as Catholics, as Christians, we are in a spiritual battle as well. And so just as important as it is to voice our opinion at the poll, you know, a recognition that evil is trying to get in and destroy us constantly through whichever means that it can is is also really important. Does that make sense? Can you talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, no, I I absolutely understand what you're saying, and I've been involved in uh, politics and public policy battles for um, what is it now thirty uh, about thirty five years now. That's I, I, crazy. It must be like a mental illness or something uh, <laughs> to be able to, to do this for that long. But yes, you definitely sense um, that there's a spiritual component to this battle, and. Uh, you know, one of the, the issues that perhaps it's no surprise to you as dire- executive director of the Catholic Conference, I get asked sometimes, you know, isn't the Church supposed to stay out of politics? Uh, but the reality is is that there's some occasions where the Church not only has the freedom to get involved in politics, but an actual duty. Uh, and this is what the Catechism says, uh, paragraph 2246. Um, it is a part of the Church's mission to pass moral judgments, even in matters related to politics, whenever the fundamental rights of man or the salvation of souls requires it, uh, end of quote. And uh, those are really important words to kind of keep forefront in our mind, whenever the fundamental rights of man or the salvation of souls requires it. And, and, and to me, those words just really point to the reality of the spiritual uh, component of this battle, that some of these things that we, we struggle with, um, you know, the, the protection of preborn life, um, the, uh, the, the threat of this gender ideology, uh, these are issues that um, if, if we get them wrong from a public policy perspective, then it, it, it's not an exaggeration to say that we're, we're creating an environment where more souls will be uh, jeopardized, you know, because of being involved, being involved in these intrinsically uh, evil actions. There's, there's this old saying, and hopefully I can, can get this right, that uh, uh, what becomes legalized uh, becomes seen as normative, and what becomes seen as normative then eventually becomes seen as moral. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like you go from, from a, it, first it gets legalized, then it gets perceived as being normal, and then it goes and actually is elevated to being positively a, a moral action. And when you apply that uh, to issues uh, such as abortion or the, the gender ideology, you, you can really see how um, it, it is leading people into sin and, uh, and is a real spiritual issue. You know, we have about uh, four minutes or so left. You know, what are some of the, how, how do I put this? So there can even be some confusion among Catholics about the important things to vote on and uh, how to vote. Even, even in some parishes, there could be some confusion about how to vote, what's important, what isn't. Among the bishops, sometimes there's some confusion uh, because Unfortunately, not everybody sees the same way, and it's a sad reality, but, you know, we have division in our church. How do people find out the truth? How, where do they go? How do they understand, you know, whether it's looking into their, the, the representatives they could be voting for or looking into where the church stands you know, how do they get past that confusion so that there can be a clarity when they're heading to the polls tomorrow? Because, you know, certainly the, the evil one wants to cause division and he wants to cause a lot of confusion so that people aren't sure yeah. where they should vote. Yeah, 
Yeah. Well, it's uh, it, it, it's not always easy to uh, correctly discern, but I, I guess I would just make a, a few comments along these lines. First of all, uh, you know, uh, become informed about, um, you know, whether the, the church in your local area has taken a stand on any issues on the ballot. And so, uh, for example, here in South Dakota, uh, the bishops have uh, taken a stand on Measure 27, the, the measure to legalize uh, recreational marijuana, and are urging uh, South Dakotans to vote no on that. You've got that issue on the ballot in North Dakota uh, as well, and, and the North Dakota Catholic Conference has also uh, urged uh, a no vote on that marijuana legalization measure. So so that, I guess I would just say point number one is that, um, you know, check with Check with your state's Catholic conference to see if, if they've taken a position on, on any issues on the ballot. And then when it comes to uh, candidate elections, um, you know, the, the great thing about this day and age is that it's easy to find information about candidates online if you're willing to do a little work. Um, and, and my argument is is that uh, part of that, uh, that duty to vote, you know, that I, I cited from the catechism there is, is, is to be an informed voter. We don't want people going to vote uh, when they're ignorant. We want them to be informed. So uh, if you just get online, for example, you want to know where a candidate stands on uh, the pro-life issue. Uh, if you just type in your search engines, uh, Minnesota Voter Guide or North Dakota Voter Guide Pro-Life, it's going to take you to not just one, but actually several organizations that are tracking uh, where candidates stand on those issues. Uh, same thing with uh, religious freedom, um, other issues that are uh, important to Catholics. If you just get online and Google it, uh, I'm, I'm not going to specifically name any you know, organizations or specific voter guides that are out there because then it looks like the Catholic Church is endorsing those. Sometimes they take positions on issues that aren't necessarily shared by the Catholic Church. But this issue, is, these, uh, this information is not too difficult to find with a few minutes of, of internet searching. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, thanks so much for being on with us. It's been a great conversation, and I just want to really encourage people to check out the things that he was talking about because it can make a huge difference. So thanks again for being on with us. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, stay with us. We're going to talk about St. John Paul II through the eyes of a Swiss army guard. Stay with us as we continue.